Welcome back to TechVet the podcast. Today we are joined by David Atwood, who is a pedagogy consultant at Lab Consulting. Welcome, David. How are you tonight? Yes, yeah, so bad. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. And the reason that we've got you on is to talk about a number of things working in tech, working with lab, working as a PEGA consultant, because um, that's key, because PEGA are one of our uh, TechVets partners. Um, and also, um, the kind of icing on the cake is that you are a veteran. So um, let's start there. Um, what, what did you do? What was your service? Um, so I was in the Air Force for 12 and a half years. Um, I was an Air and Space Operations Specialist, but uh, it's come under different names over the years. Um, so flight operations, effectively, um, work as part of air traffic control or work on a squadron, um, work in operations. So we do lots of different roles um, throughout the Air Force. It's got a bit of a mixed bag, really. What did you like about the role? Um, it's just very versatile. It was never the same day, you know, twice. It was it was always changing, very flexible, um, very reactive as well. So you was always on your toes, always, um, you know, ready to just go at any moment. Um, so, yeah, you never did the same day. You never did the same job twice. Where were some of the places that you went in your career? Oh, so um, I served in Cyprus for three years, which was quite nice. Um, served at various units throughout the UK, um, different platforms, you know, uh, rotary, fixed wing. Um, and then I've also served in the Falklands, did uh, a tour there, and I also did a tour in Afghanistan as well. What, well, would, you, what would you say um, were the downsides and what eventually made you leave? Um, for me, the downsides was um, I had a new family. So I didn't want to keep having to move. I wanted stability for them and, and my, my kids. Um, the difficulty with pay and, uh, you know, they, they do pay reasonable, but I imagine that people probably are struggling a little bit with the cost of living as it is at the moment. Um, yeah, I think I, I wanted to leave the Air Force before I started resenting it. It's very easy to get trapped into a pension trap and you do so many years and you go, oh, I'm just going to keep pushing for those six years or I've got a few more years left and they get my full pension. Um, and people fail to recognize that if they, you know, they, they're in there unhappy, uh, if they left earlier, then they can earn the money and still earn money for their pension outside of the military. Um, and there's nothing wrong with it. You know, I enjoyed my time in. I look back on very with very happy memories, which is good. Um, but as an organization, I think they're very good at making you feel like there's nothing else out there apart from what you're doing. They're very good at making you feel like you can't do any of the job. Um, and if you leave, well, what are you going to do? Well, I don't know. What, what do the other millions of people in the UK do apart from being in the military? Um, so, yeah, and uh, that was just my time to leave, really. It was time to change and, and try something different, a new challenge. When you'd made the decision to leave the RAF and you knew you wanted to get into tech, um, how did you how did you find the route? How did you find what you wanted to do? Um, well, you know, whenever you're leaving, especially it's very, very difficult to know about different types of um, jobs that are in certain industries because you don't have very much exposure. So for me, I know I wanted to go into tech, but I didn't quite understand how many job roles there were. So unless you're 
it's your hobby to do coding or a hobby to do certain sort of things within the tech industry. It's hard to know all of them. Um, for me, I was quite interested in going down the networking route because um, I, I like, you know, hands-on with tools and I also wanted to deal with software as well. So it was quite a nice balance. Um, it wasn't until I come across another company which um, showed me Pega. Um, never heard of it before. You know, I, I had dealt with a bit of logic type software while I was in the Air Force. Um, and they helped me find Pega, effectively. They showed me what it was all about, and it got me interested straight away, um, got me hooked. And as soon as I sort of found that, I, I didn't want to do anything else, really. So I just diverted all my energy into, into Pega. What, what is the Pega training? Because Tech Vets offer Pega training to Tech Vets mm -hmm. members, but for those who haven't heard of Pega, what can they expect and what, what does it kind of offer or take you to? So Pega is low-code app development. Um, and when I say app development, it is, it's not like what you download on your phone or, you know, games. It's more business solutions. So you're developing applications for businesses to help with business processes uh, but you don't use coding so they call it low code you have a GUI and you have an interface which you interact with and the program writes the code for you at Java in the background so the training that you will go through um, will be through the Pega Academy um, it's free for access as well um, you just pay for the certifications the tests um, and part of that will be a lot of it will sort of be um, modules and part of the modules that will be broken down into lessons and you'll have a theory lesson which can last anywhere between sort of 15 minutes to 45 minutes depending on how complex that module is and then straight after that you'll do a practical simulation of what you've just learned so they've got environments which you can go and work with pega and you can start playing around with the program itself and you'll start putting into practice what you've just learned so it's not like you do all your theory at once and then do some practical, it is layered. How long does it take you from, um, say someone decides, right, I'm gonna have a look at PEGA, to get to where you are as a PEGA consultant, how long is that journey? Um, it really depends on, it depends first of all, what avenue you want to go down, because you could be a developer as a systems architect, um, or you could go down the business architect route. Um, so very much like your business uh, business analysts, but it's more sort of PEGA focused. Um, that's the first thing. The training itself depends on how much time you've got. Um, I did my systems architect and business architect at the same time. And I think it, if I remember rightly, it took me maybe uh, two months, two or three months. But that was like solid eight hours a day studying. Um, it you know it is achievable in the evenings um but part of that three months that i sort of did it i did have capstones in there so i did have projects which i had to develop my own application um and then i had to present it at the end of it which you know that was two of that was must have been four weeks actually so four weeks of that was developing applications ready to present um, and were you was it virtual or were you was it was there any of it that was it in classroom based or presenting uh, you can, but I think um, you can do classroom based, but I think you have to pay for that. This was all virtual, no classroom based um, in your own time, at your own pace. It's very flexible. 
Um, there's a big, you know, there is a Pega community out there. So if you have questions, there are people that you can ask. Um, even on the Pega community site, you can ask a question and somebody will reply to you. And from doing the qualifications to securing a job, at what point did you kind of know that you were going to get a job as a PEGA consultant? Did it? Did you get offered while you're on the course or did you have to wait to get the certifications? That's it. Um, the, the company I was with before this one, um, it was sort of part of what they were doing at the time, which was, you know, training on the job, training first, and then they're going to send you off to one of their clients as a consultant um, for like a year or two. Um, and then at the end of that year, then either you can go back on the bench with the company you work for, or that company might offer you a full-time job at the end of it. Um, so I sort of already had a job waiting for me at the end of this process because they had requested, um, you know, X amount of PEGA architects. Um, it wasn't until I'd done sort of uh, maybe six months, about just under six months at this company um, that I got a lab got in contact with me and I had an interview with them and then joined the lab. Um, so you got poached? Effectively, yeah. But I was doing two, I was doing a very different role in my first job. I was working as uh, more of a level three support, PEGA support for an application that was already, at, you know, it was already live for four years. So I was more in a support role then. Um, and now I've jumped onto more of a, I've jumped into a development role this time. So I'm a consultant, but um, I'm doing more development than support, I would say. How is the wage comparable to military service? Did you take a pay drop when you were training and in your first job? Um, what, no, what... I, I took a, a significant pay increase overnight. Um, to the point where I think it would have taken me another 10. Well, I don't think I would have even reached those wages, to be honest with you. On the on, on the trajectory that I was on in the military, I probably would never have reached the wages that I'm on. Um, you are sort of looking at, you know, top level flight sergeant, warrant officer pay in the NCO ranks, really high up there equivalent overnight. Wow, um, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. so. Um, it's how I got. I even got offered promotion twice while I'd already left, and they were like, "I'm okay, thank you. I don't think you can really compete with these offers that I've got." Um, That's amazing. And do you think the jobs market is still like that? Because when you left, kind of post COVID, there was obviously a digital boom. Do you think the market is still there for Pega consultants and people to go through the training and still expect the, that kind of wage? Um, yes, I do, because um, PEGA is quite niche compared to your coders who do development, you know, um, your Python coding, all those, you know, Java, JavaScript, everything else. Although there is still need for these full stack developers and everything else, PEGA is very niche. We don't have a massive amount of people in the UK who do it. So, but they're always crying out for more people. So, especially in, in this particular niche yes i would say there's always jobs there to 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 get i mean i think we are always looking for for new people what do you what do you like about the job and what would you say would attract other people in i mean obviously people listening to this will probably just hear about the potential for earning and go yes of course, yeah where's the link 
Um, but in a in day to day, what do you love about what you do? Um, it it really does depend on what type of person you are. Um, so, and it also depends on location. So we, for me, I work at home the majority of the time. Um, in fact, all the time, I pretty much work at home, um, which is fine. You know, you, you are constantly on meetings and team calls, so you do speak to your team. And if you're a part of a good team, um, then, you know, you'll organize things in the background as well, which is good. Um, however, it can be lonely at home if you don't have people around. Or if you do have people in the house, then it can also be a distraction. Um, so it works a bit both ways. So it depends how comfortable you are in your own skin and how much you need to socialize. Um, I do go into the office down in London um, as much as we can, you know, at least once a month we try to get down there. Um, and we'll also hold meetings once a month for the people who live up north as well. So we are, the company is quite flexible um, when it comes to that. But a lot of the time, unless you're on a, working for a client who does want you to come into the office, it is quite a lot of the time at home. Um, I know for lab anyway, for graduates, or you know, people who are untrained, they do go into the office two or three times a week. Um, but people who sort of may all be already qualified will be doing it a while, then maybe more at home based. Okay, I think that's good. Good to know because I think a lot of people still expect things to be remote. But with a lot of people going back into the office, it's it's good to know that that it is that flexible. It's it's very much encouraged with the lab anyway. It's very much encouraged to go into the 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 um, office because. You could get stuck on something with your project, but you can ask the person next to you or the person opposite you a question about that piece of development, even though they could possibly be working with a different client. You all work with the same system. So that bringing your skill level up quickly, it's a very effective way of doing it. How do you think that compares to how you worked with people in the military? Um, well, again, my job was quite unique in the fact that every time I moved to a different unit or different job, I would have to retrain in that job. So you'd know the basics, but you'd have to retrain, go through the training and standards again before you could even be let loose on your own. Um, however, yeah, it's very much the same thing. Very quite similar for me anyway. Um, I'm learning something new and with, with any sort of thing like PEGA or coding, it's always something new. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing it, there'll be something that will baffle you. Um, so you never, you never stop learning. It's always challenging. It's always exciting. Do you think that's what makes you good at your job is that adaptability that you probably grew from experience in the military? Yeah, you just get stuck in. Um, I think a lot of military people can't sit still long enough and they don't like to drag their heels um, and they just have a, a natural work ethic which is ingrained in you by the military. Um, so when you jump over to Civvy Street and you start working a job like this that mentality never leaves you just carry on just doing and you but you're just doing something different um so the the passion to learn more and to achieve more and to impress and to be part of the team that is contributing to the team is probably um not saying that obviously people who are, aren't military don't do that but i think it's more um evident with the military people it's just ingrained in them do you um do any of the team that you work with ever comment on, do they know your your ex-military? Do they ever comment on how your behaviour in being different to theirs or, or other people's? Um, if anything, it's more my speech, probably. Um, if I'm talking to one of my teammates, 
Um, then sometimes I can say mili some military slang um, and they just don't understand me. They're like, what's that? What, what are you talking about? So yeah, that one, that one comes up quite often. Um, but yes, I think my work ethic um, has been noticed and um, people who have, you know, some members have worked with military staff before and it's a trend that they've seen across different companies with ex-military um, vets that the work ethic is the same for all of us. Do you think that's why Lab is keen to recruit more veterans into the company? I think um, that's one of the reasons. I think having that work ethic and that can-do attitude really does benefit. Equally, um, military ex um, military guys have got a wealth of knowledge and skills. So as much as, um, you know, one of my teammates is uh, 10 years younger than me, if not, if, if not more, he's you know been doing a pegger a lot longer than me he's a more senior to me but so he for him it's difficult teaching me new things not difficult but it's strange for him but i says what he doesn't understand is i've already had a career before this so those skills and that knowledge that you do gain those soft skills that you gain from being in the military is transferable and surprisingly how much transferable um especially as a consultant as a developer you know, that attitude to learn more, yes, does come into it. But from a consultant point of view, which we all are at Lab, we're not just developers, we're consultants. Those soft skills are really important. Presenting to people, communicating with people, um, all these sorts of things is what they really want. It, instead of taking somebody who may not have had any, had any experience, graduates, for instance, may not have had experience presenting to large teams or to clients and having to teach that over time, um, you know, is one thing they're going to have to do. But with military, a lot of the time, they don't have to teach people to do that. They can just go with it. If you just say you're doing this, they'll just go, okay, I'm doing it. If I don't know how to do it, I'll learn how to do it and just go, okay. So um, that's one thing they, it's good from a consulting point of view. How has, um, how has your life changed? Like, how has your family life changed since you started on this tech path? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's for me, it's worked out really well. Um, it means I can take my daughter to nursery in the mornings. I can pick her up. Um, so that family life at home, I'm a lot, pardon me, a lot more flexible. Um, I can be at home more. I'm not away. Um, so that's good. Financially, yes, obviously, I'm, I'm a lot more comfortable than I was before. So we don't have that stress as much. Um, from a mental health point of view, um, as I would say it again depends on the type of person you are for me um, I don't mind working at home but I have had to get something outside of work and outside of the house for myself because um, I think one of the hardest things about leaving the military is you belonged to something you belonged to the same organization you all work together as a unit you're like a big giant family and then once you leave and you're sat at home on your own and everybody's at work and everybody's at school you, you, you've you missed that belonging to something. So I think it's important to get a hobby or something outside of work where they can still fulfill that that need. So what hobby have you taken up? Um, I, well, I enjoy photography. Um, I went to have a go at Airsoft the other day. Um, I haven't seen that before, so I thought I'd give that a go. Um, and I, I, play in, I play music, so I want to join a band. That's amazing. So, yeah probably wouldn't have had the, had the opportunity before I'd be too busy with work but now I've got that 
flexibility, I guess, on the weekends anyway. What instruments do you play? Um, I play the guitar and I'm learning piano at the moment. So if anyone's listening and they're looking for a bass <laughs> guitar, electric guitar? Just a, just a normal electric <laughs> guitar, yeah, elastic acoustic, yeah. Okay, so they know how to, who to uh, reach out to if they're looking for another member of the band. Um, how did how did how has tech vets played a role or have, have did you come across tech vets um yes yes yeah, so, so when i was sort of looking through um when i first started leaving the air force I, you do get this imposter syndrome like you click the you click those buttons and you do go great i feel really excited now i'm moving on to my next chapter and then the next few days you'll just have this overwhelming fearing of what have i just done <laughs> and then you got you do have to remind yourself it's going to be okay you're going to find a job don't worry you've got to be positive um and then when you do get a job you start to have this imposter syndrome like am i good enough can i do this job i've never done this before but you can um so one of the big things for me was how am i going to find a job how do i get into the tech industry um and it wasn't until i started doing research um, that i come across tech vets so i, I registered with tech vets myself um looking at the sort of cybersecurity thing because that could be quite interesting to do i never really looked at it before i thought you had to be really i thought you for me i thought if you hack at home and if you do coding at home then that's great for you but if you don't you're always behind the curve but that was interesting to look at you know the pen testing and stuff i thought that could be quite interesting just trying to get my head into the mindset of what is out there um so tech vets yeah i did i did look at tech vets um, as I said, I found another company who was who I sort of started working with, um, which was guiding me down towards Pega, which I wanted. So, um, but I don't think at the time tech vets were doing Pega. I think that was quite recent. After I just sort of got my certs, that you started looking at that. Yeah. Um, so I think yeah, because I think now people can get um, there's certainly certifications in the exams that can be covered through the TechVets PEGA partnership. Yes, yeah. So it has changed, um, it has changed a lot in the last couple of years in the, in the offering to veterans, but unfortunately it was a bit too too late for you because you yeah. were trailblazing. Well, trying to, but uh, I think it's great what TechVets do, to be honest with you. Um, I'm surprised there isn't more organisations out there trying to help veterans. Um, I do know a couple of ones who help with sort of CV writing um, and possibly they, they run like job fairs and things. Um, but yeah, there's not as many as you think and TechVets is definitely one of the leaders in, in that sort of sphere. And kind of finally, just to to, to wrap up, um, I think for, for anyone who's who's listening to this and they're thinking, okay, Pega sounds interesting. I, I want to leave. Um, but I'm I'm scared. What bit of advice would you give to them? Just do it. <laughs> to be honest with you, just do it. Um, because um, it, you will get you will get a job. It, it sounds really really funny. I mean, I was leaving at the same time as a friend of mine who went down the project management scrum master route, and he didn't have any he didn't have any project manager qualifications behind him nothing like that and he got a job straight off the bat again trained him up and then he got uh, picked up for, he got poached for another job 
within eight months of him being with his uh, company and he's doing great as well. There are loads of jobs out there. Um, you just need to, as soon as I think, I think the biggest thing is preparation. If you just put your PVR in and don't do anything to the last six months, then you're going to fail. Um, you will, you will find a job, but it's probably not the job that you're going to want to. You've setting yourself off on the back foot. Um, so my advice is if you do want to leave, then do it, just press those buttons because, um, and then as soon as you start doing it, prep, prepare, use that year to two years of your resettlement to set yourself up for a good, into a good position. Use tech vets, use there's, you know, use what's out there and networking, make sure you network, get on LinkedIn. Um, networking is key, to be honest with you. If you're going to find a job, it's going to be through networking. And talking about networking, if um, people would like to reach out to you personally um, to ask your advice, yeah. how can I get in touch with you? You can get in contact with me on LinkedIn. Um, I'll see if I can, I think it's just David Atwood. Um, let me have a quick look here. I'll get you a proper URL for it. Yeah, your David Atwood one. one. That's the one, yeah. One that's right. Okay. Yeah, so you can use that. And uh, yeah, just ping me a message and I'll uh, see if I, I will get back to you, give you a hand. Brilliant. Thank you, David. So I'll put that, um, I'll put David's LinkedIn URL in the description for this podcast. And then for anyone who is listening, who would like to find out more about getting trained up in PEGA and following in David's footsteps, just head to www.techvets.co and you can join as a member and then you'll be able to access all of the information about PEGA and training and certifications through the website. So David, I'll let you go, but it would be great to catch up with you down the line um, because it sounds like you are firing on all cylinders. And um, I think for anyone listening to this who's thinking about retraining, they'll probably be trying to tap you up for a job soon. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Yes. Um, we'll have to do this again. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you very much.